Involve. Solve. Evolve. Welcome to Cloud Crunch, the podcast for any large enterprise planning on moving to or is in the midst of moving to the cloud. Hosted by the cloud computing experts from Second Watch, Ian Willoughby, Chief Architect Cloud Solutions, and Skip Berry, Executive Director of Cloud Enablement. And now, here are your hosts of Cloud Crunch. Welcome back to Cloud Crunch, everybody. So glad to have you here this week. This episode, we're going to have another conversation with one of our fantastic colleagues, Michael Elliott, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Second Watch. And boy, you've been out there uh, doing some research out in the field, talking to a lot of people, how, how things are going out there, haven't you? Absolutely. We uh, wanted to get a pulse of kind of not only our clients, but you know, our, our target market, large enterprises to understand really how are they feeling? We ran the survey towards the end of the summer and got some really, really interesting findings back from it. Yeah, no, I, no doubt. I mean, obviously things have changed a lot this year uh, as we're recording this in December of 2020. You know, we're all optimistic that things might improve as far as vaccines and COVID rates. Obviously, this has taken a toll on a lot of people and we hope all our listeners out there and their loved ones and themselves are safe and staying healthy as they can be. And uh, hopefully keeping the world still going for themselves and, and, you know, mental health, of course, is a very critical part during this time period. But let's dig into a little bit about some of the things that you're out there looking for or even talking to our customers about. You've identified some interesting trends and you've shared this report with me and I, I'd love for you to share it with our listeners as well. Let's talk about, let's just grab one of the first ones here, uh, trends that you're seeing. Let's talk about some uh, remote workers. Well, you know, before we start, you you hit upon a word around, you know, being optimistic about the future. And one of the overarching kind of themes we found through all this was IT was predominantly optimistic, but there are some challenges out there. So, you know, diving into that first one, that support for remote workers, clearly, you know, that was something that really, really resonated. And that was one of the pain points that they were coming across. So as we looked at, you know, some of the trends, there was really a, a focus around three things, but, you know, remote worker access especially into the corporate systems, that ranked the highest as some of the, the biggest challenges they're seeing out there. Along with that, though, there was, you know, the complexity of just managing remote workers, as well as, you know, the conferencing and collaboration. And there were a lot of issues going on, if you recall, back last summer around collaboration tools. You know, here at Second Watch, we had already had really well established. We operate in a remote environment. So we were pretty comfortable with that. But that was one of the big challenges we saw in supporting remote worker staff was that conferencing and collaboration tools just weren't up to speed to where they needed it. Yeah, it seems like, it, you know, things have gotten a little bit better on that. There's still been some glitches here or there. But definitely, when it comes to remote desktops, we're still seeing some conversations around that. I think people are still, even though we're, boy, how many months are we in now? Nine months, 10 months? It's uh, it's still a challenge to some degree, but definitely there's been some improvement. You know, I have children at home, so we even see it on the education <laughs> side. It's very interesting. No, we've been pretty fortunate here at our houses. You know, we have really good internet. I had actually increased bandwidth to the house a while ago. So we were fortunate around that. But companies, it's not easy to just call up your internet provider and, you know, up the bandwidth. So there was a lot of challenges within that. 
Yeah, I, I also uh, we had to upgrade our Wi-Fi to uh, a tri-band mesh network to try to keep things going a little bit better. The other uh, router just couldn't handle all the uh, streams and multiple streams going on at the same time here. So I'm sure everybody's feeling the same thing. So let's talk about how it's impacted the enterprise as far as some of the decision-making they're going through. Obviously, you know, at the beginning of any year, people are optimistic and they're, they're ready to take on some large projects. In this case, you know, uh, we're in the midst of many transformations. Let's talk about the trend that you're seeing there of how that's affecting some of that. Well, and it goes to your idea about being optimistic. And what we found in the survey is, you know, half the respondents are really leaning in. They're accelerating their use of cloud to support remote employees. And they're really leaning into accelerating digital transformation and cloud use, which is obviously, you know, beneficial for a company like us. And I'm sure, you know, in some of the conversations and work you've seen, Ian, you're seeing a lot more companies saying, how do I accelerate towards digital transformation? How do I accelerate movement of applications to the cloud so I can be more responsive? Yeah, and I, I think I'd take that even a step further and just some of the things that I've seen recently in the last two months, particularly, is the acceleration on data modernization, particularly. There's the legacy licensing agreements that are, are getting harder and harder for these organizations, but also just the freedom of being able to do what they want to do. So I think they're taking the opportunity to say, hey, I have this you know licensed database system. I've had it for a long time. It's been with me a long time. It's time to modernize. And, and they're looking at different ways of doing that. And it's, it's, it's really a big transformation there on itself because they may be breaking what I'll call a monolithic database into maybe multiple types of databases so and, and moving more towards open source type platforms. So great. I mean, it's, I think it's the foundation for a lot of the transformation. Obviously the data is uh, very critical, no. but obviously, well, oh, ahead, I, you know, so one thing, you know, Ian, that I'm here and I'd love to get your kind of insight on is, you know, as we look at data engineering and how do I take my databases and migrate and evolve those, is CIOs going out and looking out and saying, do I have the talent in-house? Do I have the skill set in-house to be able to achieve some of these digital transformation type initiatives? Yeah, definitely. I think there's still a shortage of talent out there. Our cloud service providers are definitely hiring, I mean, virtually everybody at this point. So it's tough to compete against them. But a lot of it is, is that we're seeing clients saying, hey, I don't want you just to come in and do this project and leave. It's They want to do it with us. So they're, they're doing it in tandem and, and so that they can upskill along the way. So they're using an engagement to kind of kick it off, build the foundation and maybe some pipelines, particularly around moving data, teaching them how to do it and then reusing that themselves. Maybe in the second project, they're more leading it and then ultimately they take it over. So it's really a bit more on the job training that we're seeing. It's like I said, you know, if they go out and get a certification, they may end up being picked up by somebody else as well. Of course, we want to encourage the certifications, but it's it's a tough labor market right now in this area because there's a there's a big rush towards it. So definitely I see they doing a lot more upskilling and, and looking how to get there. Now, one of the things that we did talk about though was the uh licensing and things like that, trying to save some money, get some freedom. Let's talk about how some of the cloud budgets have been impacted with with everything going on. I was really surprised by this one, Ian. And 
I expected cloud budgets to really shrink. And I'd seen kind of predictions from some of the analyst community. But what the research really told us was, you know, although they're being impacted by, you know, COVID and everything around that, budgets actually have remained the same or actually increased. And when they look forward, they believe they're going to increase even more you know, 12 months, you know, we're talking summer. So by next summer, they feel like their IT budgets are actually going to increase more. And and I see a lot of this is this is their opportunity to position their company for the long haul. And I think we got some of that, you know, research notes back from the study. People are thinking I can either contract and, and maybe I'm in a vertical where I have to contract. But the other verticals are starting to look at and say, this is my chance to gain competitive advantage. So we saw a lot of that come through in the survey. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of interesting, too, because it kind of counterintuitive to a lot of things that you would anticipate with what's going on. Definitely. Yeah, and I'm seeing the same thing, too. It's just, you know, empirically, don't have a scientific study here, but they're using this time to say, hey, how can we come out of this in a much better situation? A lot of mobile app development going around it, different customer experience around digital is transpiring. And just really that optimization as well, because hopefully that will lead to an ROI and a payback period for them. But they're willing to invest that money right now. So I, I think that's uh, it's a it's a very strong and encouraging situation where hopefully a lot of our partners and our customers are out there that are going to really come out in a great position once things kind of get back to the new normal. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, CEOs are looking at IT not as much anymore as that cost center, but somebody that can actually enable the company and propel them forward. So I think there's starting to be a mind shift of where does IT fit in the organization? Yeah, it's no longer just a uh, cost center utility player. It's, it's starting to be partners with the business owners inside, and we're seeing more and more of that as well. Now, this month... Again, December 2020, we've had some very high profile security events take place. And so, you know, I mean, it's I I don't want to you know kick them when they're down because these ones sound like they were extremely sophisticated and potentially could have happened to anybody, no matter who they are. But, you know, kind of with that in mind, what do you feel like some of the security concerns are with these organizations as well at this point? Well, clearly, how you manage security in your traditional data center and how you manage it in a cloud environment is not the same. There is differentiation around that. And IT recognizes that, but they don't exactly know how to respond. So in the survey, 75% of the respondents said cloud security and data governance are my main concern. It's the number one priority. I may not know how to solve that yet, But it's a concern that I'm looking at. So we saw a lot of that bleeding through the survey in a lot of places. And there's a lot of other things that rose up in importance. You know, I mentioned a little bit about data governance, but security was by far the number one issue. And I know how is Second Watch from that perspective starting to see and how are you seeing cloud security and clients start to talk about how can you help us here? Yeah, and I definitely think it's it's around visibility. It's understanding what's going on. I think there are, uh, you know, it's really bringing it up to the in the forethought of, of what they can do. The visibility is a tough thing. So a couple of things I've seen is 
people are starting to ask about kind of different security postures. Uh, there's some more conversations that are starting to take place about a framework called MITRE, which is an interesting way. It's a little bit more proactive than your traditional security frameworks. In addition, they want you know, we're starting to see the rise of AI response to security threats as well. So they want more proactive, faster response times with that higher visibility. And they just really need to understand what's going on. Although on the corollary to that, there I, I have seen customers investing a lot of money into very advanced firewall protection that they, they put between the cloud and their hybrid network. And in some cases, the cloud has to come back through the, the on-prem network to get out because they already have the security stacks there. And I had a conversation with one of them and they said, I'm like, wow, you guys seem really concerned, like really locking down that cloud environment. And they said, no, 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 we're locking down the cloud environment to protect it from the hybrid, the corporate stuff. And I was like, well, that, that's an interesting phrase. But, you know, it's, but definitely, you know, state sponsored security events, uh, just things along the lines of just uh, not securing things just out of forgetfulness. The tools are definitely getting better, but the threats are getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, as we continue to see more state-sponsored nefarious IT events, I think, you know, it's only going to be more and more important that people stay on top of this. So, you know, people are working from home more, right? So that also increases the security uh, footprint that you can attack on. Hopefully, you know, people are doing a good job of maintaining their patching at home as well, because that can be another entrant into the system. But with that, you know, obviously, what are we seeing about uh, the people end up working from home and remote? What, what are we seeing there with that kind of survey? So clearly, you know, obviously more people are working from home. And the, the survey results kind of told us that, you know, 46% of the companies have over half of their staff right now working remotely. The interesting part is they think once we get through this by next summer, they feel that you now 60% of the companies, almost 60% of the companies, so an increase of around 12% are going to have more than half their staff. So there is a movement towards remote staff. And we just saw it from Oracle just made an announcement just recently where they're moving part of their headquarters to Austin or predominantly, I think most of their headquarters to Austin. But what they've told their employees is you can work from here, you can move to Austin, or you can work from home. We don't care. It's working. AWS, the reInvent conference, they talked about how this just shifted them completely as far as they don't care where people work. They're, you know, this experiment for them of remote workers has been productive for them. It has worked for them. And they don't see going back to a model where everybody has to live in Seattle. So we're seeing a lot of that go through. And that is going to create more concerns. But I think you know, the stronger your CISO is at looking at this entire environment and putting in those controls like you alluded to, to make sure you lock it down, make sure you have that patching is the answer. But, you know, like you mentioned, state, state-sponsored terrorism, state-sponsored uh, cybersecurity is a concern. Yeah, I had a good conversation, I think, last year at this time. Well, it was a little bit before this year. It was in reInvent with Jeff Barr from AWS, and I was asking him about security. And he's obviously been well ahead of it. He's a big advocate of zero client type uh systems. So he, he doesn't even carry a device anymore. It, it, all it is, is just a thin devices that he's using to access uh, desktop computers. And I think we're going to see more and more of that as well. 
And I don't know if you saw, there was, I came across an interesting article where the state of Hawaii is trying to lure people to move there to work remote. So everybody's in on the game. So it's, uh, it's kind of, <laughs> I wouldn't mind working from Hawaii except for the time zone change. I, I looked at my wife and said, well, my daughter's a junior in high school. Um, we can do this. <laughs> she didn't go for it, but yeah, I, why not? I, if, if you're young and, Go for it. Yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, security, remote workforce. What are some of the other technologies that uh, cloud-related, of course, that that these enterprises are focusing on? So what the survey kind of showed us is there's really four distinct technologies that are rising to the top as far as where the focus are. And they are data management analysis. We talked a little bit about that. Edge computing is another one. Third one is content delivery network. So how do I start to distribute my data differently out there? And that's not just the media and entertainment business. And then fourth, multi-cloud solutions. So those are really the big four as far as where enterprises are kind of focused as those technologies that they're going to focus on. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about edge computing for a second, because I think, you know, sometimes there's different ways to look at that. Is there anything specific? Because, you know, like if you look at what the cloud providers are doing, they're providing compute closer to the customers, but then they're also providing platforms to be able to move the compute on-prem, sometimes in the most rugged remote locations as well. So are they looking at kind of both of those or where do you think they're, they're spending more time on that edge and for what use cases? And what I'm seeing is from an edge computing perspective is a lot of how do we apply machine learning at the source of data, pulling data in? How how do I move some of that computation there and then only send the data back to your central, whether it's your data center or cloud? But how do I start to distribute the compute capability so that makes sense so that I can get answers back to where they're needed. So if you were thinking about IP surveillance, do I need to bring it all the way back to a corporate headquarters and have all the analysis there? Or do I start to raise the alarms right where those IP cameras are and make decisions of is that a threat or is that not? Because sometimes milliseconds matter. Oh, yeah, particularly manufacturing. Uh, it's very critical. We have some clients that have been trying to work on this model, the, the cloud and and edge computing for particularly for vision. So it's uh, it's pretty neat. I think they're all dedicated to it as, as well. So we're seeing a lot more edge computing solutions. And then uh, hopefully the, the content distribution, I think is really interesting too, with the advent of 5G coming along. It's going to get more and more interesting there. Yeah, I know the telephony companies as well as some of the cable companies are really looking into 5G and how they can take advantage of both edge computing providing some of those resources, whether it's into manufacturing, whether it's oil and gas, a lot of those different verticals, they're trying to figure out what their play in is in within that so that they can take advantage of all this data that's being produced from edge. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then hence more data management as well. Well, so kind of what are your overall thoughts? Uh, what kind of, while we start to wrap this up of, of what we're seeing and where we're going, anything you would like to leave us with? Well, We're going to run this survey again probably around February. So I would look for the next report out by the end of the spring timeframe to see what's really changed. What I'm interested in understanding, though, is one, have budgets changed? 
Number two, have we fixed the security or at least do we have a better handle on security? And then third, how are we going to support remote employees? And then probably, you know, a final light, how all of this kind of blends together. And does that change IT's focus? You know, as, as we look at companies have had to change because of COVID and they've had to redo their model, at least if they want to survive, they have to redo their model. Well, how is IT going to change their model going forward? What are they going to look like? And that's what we hope to capture in the next survey. Well, that's great. I look forward to catching up with you after the next survey as well. And we can share those responses with our audience. So, Michael, I want to thank you again for joining the podcast this week. And listeners, please email us at cloudcrunch at secondwatch.com. We welcome your comments, suggestions, and ideas. Until next time. You've been listening to Cloud Crunch with Ian Willoughby and Skip Berry. For more information, check out the blog, secondwatch.com slash company slash blog, or reach out to Second Watch on Twitter. Twitter.